Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. It is Saturday, but Chris is not here, and I will tell you why. I'm sitting here in my office. It's the end of the day. It's about 4.30 in the afternoon. I typically do not record towards the evening time, which is not my my prime time. We have to record. Chris and I have to record two episodes today, but he's not back from the vet yet with with Rumi just for a checkup. So I'm sitting here and I'm like, are we only going to do one episode today? And then I said, what would make this easier would be if I just do the first of the two by myself. Like, this does not have to be a thing where now we can't do two. You know, like sometimes the solution is very easy. But if we get locked into the way things are supposed to be or the way things usually are, then we might not see the simple solution. So I could do an entire episode on that. I won't because today is Saturday. It is for your questions. But I just I just had to share that because I'm literally sitting here going like, oh, this is super annoying and I know we've got to get dinner at this time and I don't know if we're going to be able to do two. And I just asked myself that question, like this would be easy if, well, this would be easy if, if while I'm just sitting here, I just knock out the first one and then we're then we're in good shape and there's no problem at all. So maybe maybe you needed to hear that, to ask yourself that question and maybe do things a little bit differently, especially if it means that it makes things easier for you. So let me tell you what we're giving away today. I thought that we would do Energy Plus, and I was going to let Chris decide if we do the regular lime pomegranate matcha flavor or we do the limited, limited, limited edition apple cinnamon. Um, And I just decided, I decided to be a little selfish. It's still a giveaway, so it's not entirely selfish, but because the apple cinnamon is so limited, I'm going to give away the other one that's not limited. I'm going to give away the lime pomegranate matcha, but honestly, that one is truly, truly amazing as well. That is um, how I've been starting my morning's hot version. But uh, you get to potentially win that at the end of today's show. So listen all the way to the end to see if you win. And guys, we do this every single Saturday. So there's three ways to win. Leave a review of the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review of Chasing Cupcakes on Amazon. Or leave a post on Facebook or Instagram an episode that you're listening to of this podcast or a lesson that you've learned, just make sure to tag me there. Otherwise, I won't see it. So we will announce the winner at the end of today's show. Let's dive into your amazing questions. So this is somebody who is in, the first question comes from somebody who is in our fall 12 weeks to transformation. And the reason I kind of give that little explainer because it asks a question about the identity journal. And the identity journal is only available inside the 12 weeks to transformation, but this can totally apply to any kind of journaling that you have. So it says, I hit my identity journal first thing in the morning. It's been working for me for a while now. I've got all the good intentions. And as the day goes on, I don't remember 
my goals or affirmations or what I want most? How do I keep those things front of mind throughout the day? First things first, let's make sure that it's not a litany of things. It's not a whole bunch of stuff. If you are struggling to carry through an intention or a goal for the end of the day, then keep it really simple. What I don't want you to do is set six intentions for the day, and then you only execute one in the beginning of the day, and then you feel like crap because while you did the one, you didn't do the other five. So especially when we're talking about the end of the day, I like to focus on just one thing, one thing that I'm going to execute between the end of the workday and the end of the night that is an improvement for me, that is something that will drive progress towards my goals, or is something that will enable me to go to bed feeling really proud of myself. One thing. Then I set a reminder for like today, I know I'll probably be going into the house from my office. So for you, if that was getting home from the office around 6 p.m. So 555, 605, somewhere around that. I'm going to have a little reminder on my phone that is of that one thing. And that's not clunky or burdensome. Honestly, it takes like 12 seconds to set up. You can do it during a bathroom break. You know, while you sit there peeing, set that little reminder for yourself. That is really helpful to me. I also put it on my calendar because one of the things I do at the end of my day every day is I review my calendar to make sure that everything that needed to get done today got done, that I have a sense of what is on the agenda for tomorrow. So those are a couple of things that I would start with. First and foremost, keep it really, really simple. Send yourself a reminder, set it in your calendar. If you need to put it a sticky note on your refrigerator or on your night table or whatever, but as you build this awareness, because that's what it is, right? It's, it's building this awareness so that we keep our intentions and our goals top of mind. As you build that awareness, have it just be with one thing, one thing. All right, the next question says, when something or someone makes me upset or cranky, how can I get out of the feeling? I feel like I can't go from cranky to happy or even neutral. I'll, still, I'll stay cranky until I go to bed, knowing that I'll be in a better mood in the morning. So first, I would encourage you to get clear on why. Why do you want to snap out of this faster? Why do you want to shift this? Because if your perspective is, well, I'll go to bed angry and I'll feel better in the morning, then you're not really making a case for why you want to do this work. And therefore, you probably won't do this work. So why is it that you want to get better at snapping out of it sooner? The second thing is you have to remind yourself that you can, in fact, shift your energy. You are, in fact, your mood maker. Because if you say, and this person said in this question, I can't go from cranky to happy or even neutral. If you say you can't, you you just can't do it, you don't have what it takes, you won't. Because you've already kind of closed the door on that possibility. You've already told yourself it's not possible. You have to decide that you believe I am my own mood maker. Otherwise, you already feel powerless. I just, I just can't do it. I, I just can't do it. Fortunately, when I wake up in the morning, I'm not mad anymore. But the reality is, whether we choose to believe it or not, we are our own mood maker. It's like if you got in a fight with your spouse and then somebody called you and said, I just found out that you're getting a 20% pay raise tomorrow. 
boom, mood changed. Why? Why does the mood change and you go from like, we were just arguing to as soon as I get off the phone with that information, I'm like, babe, you're not going to believe it. I'm getting a 20% pay raise. Why did it change? Because your attention went to something else that was good. Your attention went to something else that was good. We can do that ourselves. We don't have to have that brought to us. We can do that ourselves. An example of this, when I am really having a moment of despair or fear or hopelessness related to just the the place that we are in our lives having lost Dagny, Sometimes I don't want to move away from that, which is why I say you have to start with the case for why you want to. You know, sometimes I just want to miss her and I want to mourn and I want to be sad and I think that's fine. But in this particular question, somebody wants to make this shift. So in the moments when I want to make the shift, you know what? There's so much that I have to be grateful for and I don't want to stay in this energy right now for whatever reason. I have to shift my energy to something else. And a common question that I'll ask myself is, what's good or what's great? What is good in my life? What is great in my life? What is something that I'm looking forward to? What is something that I have control over? What is something that I'm working towards? What is something good that happened recently? Any number of those things. Now, it might not be this big rapid shift, but it can be a gradual shift. Something else that's really, really powerful and people are influenced by this to different degrees is music. I will put on a song that I love. We all have that song or that small group of songs that just make us want to get up and dance, right? Put that on. Or maybe it's a movie that always makes you laugh. You have the ability to shift your mood in any number of ways, but you won't if you tell yourself you can't and you won't if you're not clear on why you want to do that. Next question says, I've learned so much from the podcasts and I want to share the advice with others. I was recently told by someone that I don't need to coach them. How do you refrain from coaching family and friends? Do you wait for them to ask for your advice before suggesting a solution to a problem they have shared with you? Absolutely. How do I refrain from coaching others, family and friends? I'm not their coach. I'm not my sister's coach. I'm my sister's sister. I'm not my husband's coach and my husband's wife, you know, uh, I coach in situations where someone pays me to be their coach or where it's, it's a situation like the podcast where that's, that's my role. That's my job. That's what I do. But in the context of a friend, I'm not their coach. I'm not their coach. So if they present me with a problem, I will very regularly say, what can I do to help? And very regularly, they just say, I just need to vent. I just want you to listen. So they've now told me what they want. I just just need you to listen. Or there's nothing you can do. Okay, great. I can't think, well, maybe there's been one or two situations where somebody said, I would really love your advice. But outside of that, that's not my role there. That's not my role there. So so to answer this question very directly, do you wait for them to ask for your advice before suggesting a solution? Absolutely. Okay. Next question says, my husband does not have any interest in anything healthy. He runs on energy drinks, ruby red squirt, and frozen meals and chew. He refuses to pack a lunch or a water jug for sometimes 15-hour days in a combine or at the farm. How can I help or encourage him? First, 
his journey is not your journey. It's not your job to get him healthier. I know that is so hard when we love people, but as somebody who was really unhealthy for a long time, the only thing that that outside pressure ever did to me was make me feel judged and make me feel not good enough. So, and, and, and men tend to be a little less sensitive, or I should say many men tend to be less sensitive to that kind of criticism than many women are. But either way, it doesn't bring people together. It pushes people apart. That doesn't mean that I think there's nothing we can do. I believe that the most powerful thing we can do is set a beautiful, happy, healthy example because what happens when we take great care of ourselves, when we put our health first, when we start to make improvements in our lives, as we get happier and more productive and more fulfilled, others are often curious. And if they're not curious, they're not there yet. There were so many people in my life for decades who saw me struggling with my weight, who saw me overeating, who saw me making terrible choices and just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. But their readiness for me to change is not the same thing as my readiness for me to change. And I think that's really critical to keep in mind. You are ready for your husband to change, but that's not what this is about. He's on his journey. So what I think you need to focus on, what I recommend that you focus on, is you being the brightest light that you can be. You take care of you. You reach your goals. You take impeccable care of yourself and allow him to be on his journey. Another husband question here. My husband was recently diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. His doctor wants him on a plant-based diet. The diabetic educator told him that he can eat as much meat as he wants to, but limit carbs. Okay, two totally different messages there. I see the point here. Um, He loves meat. He also loves potato and bread. It's been overwhelming and confusing learning the best way to eat. Where do we start? What's the best way for him to lower his blood sugars and still have sanity? Okay, there is no best way in general. No matter what anybody tells you, the reality is there's so many things at play here. Somebody's baseline. Like if somebody is a potato and processed food eater, then where they want to start is going to be totally different from somebody who is a a whole foods eater or a vegan or you name it. There is no one way. There's tons of ways to improve your health. So where to start is what is an improvement? right? Fortunately, you said he loves meat, but he does eat, you know, potatoes and bread and that sort of stuff. When it comes to blood sugar, the thing that influences blood sugar most is going to be carbohydrates. So I would not distract yourself or overwhelm yourself with the notion that you have to like pick a plan because you don't. If he's having a sandwich for lunch, how about you make it an open face sandwich so that you have one slice of bread instead of two slices of bread, and you can pile on more of the of the meat and the things like that that he enjoys, right? Maybe at dinner, if he doesn't usually have vegetables, you have him have a little more vegetables and a little less starch and whatever protein he would normally have. Focus on what is an improvement for him today instead of, is it this big grand philosophy or is it that big grand philosophy? And I talk about this a ton on the podcast, so I'm not going to go into that too much here, but like that's kind of a, a general guidance to start with. Wow, we're, we're flying. Either that or I didn't put a lot of questions in here today. Um, the last one says, and then we'll get to our winner. I know you've covered it before, 
But my family is not supportive of me making my own food choices. And they also seem somewhat offended when I want to make better food choices. How can I explain to them that this has nothing to do with them and everything to do with my goals? I'm fine with them not understanding, but I don't want to fracture relationships over a misunderstanding. To be transparent, my entire family is overweight, so I think it's personal for them sometimes. With the holidays rapidly approaching, I think we could all use a refresher on how to navigate these topics as we head into a traditionally indulgent season. So what's interesting to me here is that you say you're fine with them not understanding, but that you also don't want it to fracture fracture the relationship. So if you're fine with them not understanding, then I think you can just be like, I totally get your perspective. This is just what I want for today, right? It doesn't have to be like, oh, I don't eat that anymore. Because what happens a lot of times, and certainly not all the time is, and especially because this person used the word better, like I want to make better choices. When there's the notion like, I'm just trying to eat better. I'm just trying to be healthier. What you're not so subtly implying is that their choices are worse and that their choices are not healthy, right? So we have to be very mindful of that. If people feel offended, understanding what is the root of that. If I'm saying, it's not about you, I just want to be healthy, then when they sit down and say yes to the food you said no to, the implication is that they're not healthy, that they aren't doing what is right. They're not making the better choice. And that's where a lot of the tension comes from. So for me, if I'm in a in a social situation, I don't make my choices about like, oh, I'm trying to be good or I'm really working to lose weight. Because again, that's when that's when what's not said can kind of can kind of push buttons. Instead it's like honestly, that looks freaking amazing. Like I I really want to try that. Right now though, I'm just in the mood for this. It's not saying no. It's not, you know, as we go into the holidays, we can keep that in mind. Like that stuffing looks amazing. I might get that on round two. Right now though, I'm totally into the turkey and the veggies, right? I I mean, I think that the way we present that, if we talk about it as I'm trying to do better, I'm trying to do better, understand that what it means is everything you said no to is like worse. And I understand why people are sensitive to that. So just keep in mind the way that you present it. And I think that that then avoids conflict. You're not saying no to that. Like the other night I was at my mom's house and my sister bought apple cider donuts and my mom made this apple pie thing. And I had told my sister I wanted an apple cider donut, but I also really, really love apple pie. And in the moment I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to do both, but this is all happening in my head. I'm not saying out loud like, oh, I can't have both because meanwhile, you know, my, my husband's sitting next to me having both and that's totally fine. You know what I'm saying? So instead I was like, oh, I think I'm going to do a half of the apple cider donut and mom, can I take a piece of that pie home with me? I'll be honest. I didn't need it. Chris will eat it or I'm also fine trashing it. But how we present that matters a lot. So as we go into the holidays or even just a family thing, it doesn't mean that you can't think that the way you're eating is better or that you're trying to be healthy, but let's just be a little bit more deliberate in how we communicate that in situations where it seems like people are, as this person said, um, oh, what was the word they used? Offended, right? You can do it in a way that doesn't make it seem like your choices are better than theirs. 
and that's a practice, but be open to that practice instead of resenting that practice. Hopefully that helps. So we could do an entire Q&A on holidays. We probably should here in the next few weeks. Let's do the winner of Energy Plus, the uh, lime pomegranate matcha flavor. The winner is Instagram handle at AYF21. At AYF21. If that is your Instagram handle, all you got to do is email Christopher at primalpotential.com and you tell him that you won today's episode, which is 825, and he will ship it out no matter where you live in the world. All right, everybody, we've got an extra special Q&A coming up next Saturday, so don't miss it. And in the meantime, make it a great day. Thanks so much for listening to the Primal Potential Podcast, where our goal is not to help you learn. Our goal is to help you change. This is a year of action. Take something you learned from this episode and put it into action in your life today. To learn more about working more closely with me and the Primal Potential team, please visit primalpotential.com forward slash transform. Summer camp is a magic place where kids discover who they are because they have the freedom to explore on their own. Why Camp at Horse Thief Reservoir is a sleepaway camp in the heart of Idaho's wilderness. Each summer, campers make friends, build new skills, and learn to love the outdoors through activities like canoeing, archery, zip lining, rock climbing, campfires, and more. Registration for Y Camp at Horse Thief Reservoir is open. Financial assistance is available. Learn more at ycampidaho.org.